To the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista, along with Web Minister Nathan Jones of Land and Life Ministries, and we are transmitting live from Truth FM 102.3 FM in Hallandale, Florida, as well as TWave.tv and TweetCasting.tv. So we ask that you keep us in prayer that our technology and everything will work without any problems. And of course, we're excited about today's subject matter, which is that of God's mighty angels. Declaration of Pending Judgments in the Book of Revelation. Our lines will be open. The local number is 305-992-9537. You can call in or text in with your questions or your comments. Those of you that are watching us live via truthfm.tv as well as twitcasting.tv. You can post in your questions or your comments on the screen. We would love to get your questions and your comments for the program. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my good friend Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. I'd be happy to. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word, and uh, thank you for giving us an insight in what it's like to be outside this earth and into your realm, your home, heaven. And we pray that everybody who listens in and watches, Lord, will be edified and blessed and, and getting into your word, the Bible. Thank you so much for your love for us, and I also pray for extra protection on our technology here that everything works smoothly in your precious name. And thank you again. You tune into the Triple Second Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about God's mighty angels' declaration of pending judgments in the book of Revelation. Today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information at CalvaryAventura.com or on Facebook on JN832 as well as on TruthFM.tv. And of course, before we continue today's first segment of this program, I welcome my special guest. Nathan Jones, it's great to have you on the program. Come away, it's a pleasure to brother. It's always great to be on. Excellent, excellent. So, Nathan, we're having a really wonderful uh, uh, time here in uh, South Florida. How are things in the beautiful Texas? Well, you know, we've been in the drought for the last three or four years, and we have been getting rain. We didn't know for tomorrow. The lakes are filling oh. up, the cows are oh. ponds, the waiting. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing we're praising the Lord for. Nathan, we thank the Lord for what God is doing, and I'm so glad that you're getting rain, you know, because I remember we did one program one time, and you were telling me regarding the drought there. Yeah, the drought's been really bad the last few years. We've been on strict water uh, conservation, but now, hopefully, you know, if, if the water holds all summer, we will be off, and uh, we're just praising the Lord for that. We really, It's been a desperate prayer, and but we don't feel like it rains every day like down in Miami. But. <laughs> Well, and I'm sure it's not as bad as what's happening in California, right, Nathan? Or maybe it was at one time. You're not kidding. California, they are desperate in California. We are praying for them, Nathan, because it affects everything and everyone, and, and it's just very difficult, you know, in the times. But there are prophetic times, right, Nathan? And there's a lot that we uh, can see that is, uh, in a sense, a blessing because we know the Lord is coming soon, right? Amen, brother. I think... Uh... As we see that, of course, the sin nature has caused the world to fall. And yes. We live in a fallen world, so we get droughts. But I also believe that uh, God uses the weather because uh, He uses it to, to not only bless, but to cause judgment as well. And I'm not saying that California is under a particular judgment of God. Maybe they are, but certainly we as a country, as we grow further and further away from God and more hostile towards Him, 
we can expect probably worse and worse weather. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. You're absolutely right. That's why we need uh, a lot of uh, things to pray for. And uh, Nathan, of course, we're also excited about some of the wonderful things that are happening there at Lamb and Lion. And I often encourage you to just uh, to uh, take a minute of your time and share with us and with our viewers a little bit about the ministry, where they can find resources, information, or maybe if they're in the area of Texas, what they can take advantage of over there. Well, Lamb and Lion Ministries is a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Folks can uh, check us out at our website, lamblion.com. On landline.com, we'll find our TV show, Christ and Prophecy, which is on 17 networks, and we hope uh, to sign the contract soon for TDN. Wow. That will greatly increase our, our outreach there. Uh, we're also, of course, on have a number of internet venues, like social media and our blog and our newsletter and uh, podcast. And we invite people to check us out, read our articles, and get to know Jesus better and his prophetic word. I love it. Thank you, Nathan. We will definitely keep those wonderful things in prayer, especially that opportunity there to be uh, uh, on TBN. I think that is so well needed. I think your ministry does such a wonderful job in teaching sound, biblical, prophetic doctrine. And I think that will be such a blessing uh, if the Lord will open up the door. So we'll definitely keep you in prayer for that as well. I want to encourage our viewers and our listeners to likewise keep these wonderful opportunities in prayer. And Nathan, of course, and you also have a conference coming up soon, and even a, a trip to Israel, I hear. Yes, yes. Uh, if folks want to join us on a trip to Israel, we are, in the last few days, actually, of taking registrations for that. We have a, a trip to Israel every year, we, at least we try to, and uh, so we pray that uh, folks will join, it will change your life. Mm. And man, I hope we get you on one of our trips sometime, because it, it, it makes the Bible come alive, walking where Jesus walked, and seeing the towns and the areas that... Jesus, and seeing the modern-day miracle of Israel coming back into the land again. And we also have an annual conference in July every year, and we invite folks to attend that, or they can watch it through streaming over our website at landline.com. That is super exciting, Nathan. Thank you so much for that information and also for that invitation. Maybe the Lord will provide one year, and I'll hitch along with you guys to Israel. I hope so, because I think that would be great. Bring your whole church with you. That, hey, you never know, Nathan. You just never know. But thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing that wonderful uh, information uh, uh, with us. And also thank you for the wonderful job you guys do in uh, podcasting our programs as well. Uh, now, Nathan, if you are also a uh, podcast. You, they can be found in iTunes, correct? Yeah, we have an iTunes channel, and we also podcast directly through RSS on our website at landline.com. And we also blog uh, quite a number of our podcasts, including this program, which I thank you for letting us use that. And so we, we want to get the word out and uh, let people know that she's coming soon. And, you know, it was great as in the day, you know, you just did a radio program and it was lost to time. But now, through uh, podcasting and, and all that, uh, it lives on. Excellent. <laughs> That's right. And that is the idea, Nathan, that even when the rapture happens, right, to leave things behind for those that will be searching for answers. Amen. That's exactly what our strategy is, is we believe that. We'll actually leave more people to the Lord after the rapture with all the materials we'll leave behind than we will before. Mm, excellent. Of course, those of you that are watching and listening, take advantage of those resources as well as I'm holding up here Dr. Reagan's uh, Book of Revelation Overview, uh, CDs and DVD packet, and you can order all that through Lamb and Lion. And also keep in prayer uh, uh, Don Perkins, Evangelist Don Perkins, they're according to prophecy. You can also check out some wonderful resources uh, there as well. Uh, just a lot of wonderful, wonderful information. Well, Nathan, thank you for sharing uh, with our viewers and our listeners, again, those wonderful uh, resources. So hopefully they can take advantage and they can keep you guys in prayer. And Nathan, we're very excited about today's program because we noticed that uh, we are in a spiritual battle. And there's hosts of wickedness all around us as well as God's uh, angels at work. And today's subject matter is that of God's mighty angels... Uh, declaration of pending judgments in the book of Revelation. And we notice that angels play a, a huge part in the time of the tribulation and in the book of Revelation. And Nathan, I wanted to see if maybe you can unravel for us uh, this incredible book of Revelation in an overview. We notice that um, after chapter 6 and on, we notice all these judgments that are going to be coming upon the earth. But maybe for someone who's not familiar with the book of Revelation, Nathan, would it be possible to cover for us the first few chapters there uh, up to chapter uh, 6 so that maybe someone watching or listening can get a little bit of a glimpse of what's going on in Revelation? Well, certainly. Well, we know 
that the heavenly realm exists behind our earthly realm. Ephesians 6, 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So in other words, is that even though there are things going on in the earthly realm, there's another realm behind the earthly realm, and that's the spirit realm. And there's a war between God's forces and Satan's forces here on earth. Now, it's hard for people to believe. And, you know, I might talk like, yeah, right, we don't see it too much. <laughs> but the Bible says, and uh, those who are in the trenches, I've talked to missionaries who have been in uh, animistic societies, uh, tribal nations, and have seen actually spirit-possessed people do, do incredible and terrible things. And so right. it's real, it's out there, but at least I think in our Western world they try to hide and, and not make themselves evident because it's easier to not believe in the belief. But the Bible is very clear, especially there in Ephesians, that there is a spirit realm and a heavenly realm. Now, in the book of Revelation, it talks about more about what's going on in the spiritual realm and the heavenly realm than about angels than any other book as, as far yes. as I know in the Bible. Matter of fact, the word angel in the New King James is listed 72 times in the book of Revelation. Amazing. Nathan, that is amazing, and that's why we encourage anyone that is watching or listening to uh, pay close attention because this is uh, amazing, uh, just the number of times uh, that we we hear the mention. And of course, and in the opening, right, Nathan, of Revelation chapter 1, uh, we, we notice, again, that communication there with John as this revelation was given to him, it came through angels as well. Oh, exactly. Revelation 1, 1 even begins the the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, this is a God, Jesus, and just in the Gospels in the beginning of Acts. This is 100% Jesus talking throughout most of Revelation. It says, which God gave him to show his servants things that must shortly take place, shortly in God's time. And he said and signified to his angel and to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all the things he saw. So in other words, is that God sent an angel it gives the messages of the end of time, of, of the Revelation, to John. And he uses angels throughout the book of Revelation to do his will. And like I said, 72 references to angels throughout the book of Revelation. And they do all sorts of myriad duties. But, and that's the job of angels. God created yeah. angels as a class, as a servant class to, to help him. Uh, they do many things. And as we go through Revelation, we're going to see all the different jobs that the angels are doing in different types of angels, uh, but primarily the angels are messengers. They go and they yeah. do the Lord's will and they bring messages. And this particular angel is coming to give the message to John. Now, sometimes Jesus Christ himself will speak directly, right. but most of it is God using an angel to give his message of revelation. I love that. And Nathan, I love the way you put it. And these are messengers. They are messengers of God. They bring forth God's truth. They speak to our lives. We notice in the birth of Jesus Christ, right, Nathan? Uh, to Mary and Joseph, uh, angels uh, appear, and here in all through the book of Revelation, also even to the churches there in Revelation uh, chapter two and on, right? Nathan, we have we have angels there also communicating. Yeah, I mean, it's Revelation one twenty starts with seven stars or the seven angels of the seven churches. In other words, Revelation and, and Revelation chapters two and three are messages to seven churches. There are seven churches that. Or in uh, John's time, they're all located in what today is Turkey. And each church had an angel over it or protecting it or guarding it. And so the messages to each of these seven churches was given through to particularly an angel. Yeah. And like for instance, Revelation 2, one begins to the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? And so each of these churches, which is interest interestingly, weren't just physical churches in John's time, but they also represent ages of the church age. In other words, different eras over the last 2,000 years, leading us to the last angel, who's the angel over the church of Laodicea. And Laodicea is known as a church age time of apathy, of, of spiritual disinterest, where they think they're wealthy, but they're really spiritually poor. And that would be the defining characteristic of the church just before Jesus returned. Excellent point, Nathan, and you're absolutely right, and, and that's why we need to pray so much uh, for the church in general, so for the churches, although we know that uh, uh, the, the church, in a sense, those true believers are going to be raptured out, but we see uh, we have some significant things that we need to pray because we see a lot of these signs, so I'm so glad that you mentioned that apathy 
the love of men is growing cold, right, Nathan? It doesn't seem that people are, are just on fire anymore for the things of the Lord, and especially Bible prophecy. No, and I think part of it has to do with that we don't take the spirit realm seriously. And I'm not talking spirit like, you know, crystal balls or right. <laughs> uh, tarot cards and all that nonsense. No, I'm talking about how God uses his Holy Spirit through the church to get work done. I mean, we're not just a bunch of people getting together trying to accomplish something. There is the hand of God behind us, the Holy Spirit working through us, and as Revelation reveals, angels who help fight the spiritual battle behind us. So there, brother, when you're, you've got your church going and you're facing the challenges of ministry each and every day, then it should be encouraging the believers in Christ or the church body to know that we're not doing anything by our own power, but by the power of God. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. And that's why we are so encouraged to know that God, uh, you know, there's more on our side, uh, according to the Bible, in terms of angelic being and help in the spiritual warfare. So for anybody that's watching or listening, you don't have to freak out. You're not on your own. <laughs> as, a, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, Nathan, the way that some of us behave, we need more than one angel to take care of us, right? You're not kidding. I've heard so many stories of, of people, and we can even read stories in the Bible, I think, of Hezekiah in particular, uh, who they were in dangerous situations, and uh, they were being attacked, and the attackers fleed, and uh, later the, the person who was being attacked would find out that the reason they ran was because it looked like an army of warriors was surrounding them. And that's just not an isolated story. We hear that throughout history, where God's angels are revealed to people and that he's trying to protect. Now, we, that brings up the question, why isn't God protecting the Christians being slaughtered by ISIS? Or, you know, it's, Right. That, that brings a difficult question, you know, why, why are the angels protecting some and not protecting others? And that's when we just have to leave it all in God's hands. He knows who to protect and who to bring home with him early. And, uh, but yeah, it should be a tremendous encouragement to know that the power of God stands behind his children. Amen. What a wonderful word of encouragement, Nathan. And that's why we, we see all throughout the book of Revelation, these incredible beings, these incredible messengers of God, like you mentioned to us there, all throughout the churches and throughout church history, we've seen their involvement. And then we get into chapter 4 of Revelation, uh, uh, Nathan, and we have this heavenly scene, and we see other beings uh, are there in heaven that also of different, um, uh, in a sense, uh, order that God has created. Oh, certainly. I mean, again, God has brought us to heaven. And he is given a vision of what's going on uh, in heaven. And uh, after the messages to the seven churches, he shows what's going up in the throne room of God. And uh, he's one of the few, Ezekiel was another one uh, back in the Old Testament, right. got to see what heaven was like, the throne room of God. Uh, Paul said he too got to see the, the throne room of God. And now, he wasn't given all the revelation that John was, uh, but he knew some insights into it. And uh, not only that, I mean, and because he was in the Spirit, verse 2, the Holy Spirit, that he was able to see these things. And uh, when he was up in heaven, he saw tremendously amazing lightning, thunder, voices, lamps, uh, spirits of God. Uh, it, brother, when you're telling me what is the, the most confusing thing is for me in understanding heaven is um, chapter 4, verse 5, and it talks about the seven spirits of God or the sevenfold spirits, which... We're not sure if that's the Holy Spirit sevenfold or that seven angels that serve the Lord. Uh, but uh, some say that it's the seven spirits lowercase, in other words, angels, and some interpret it seven uh, spirits related to God as the Holy Spirit in seven parts. Brother, this is way beyond my understanding. I, think we, I don't even think John understood, and uh, when we get to heaven, maybe we'll understand that. But what was yeah. fascinating about this throne room scene is the type of angels before yeah. the throne of God. We always picture television, where angels are white dudes with, with <laughs> uncurly hair, and they got these white wings, and uh, they earn them by, by doing things, and a bell rang, and they got their wings. I mean, we get these crazy right. view of angels. And, and tele television, television programs, touched by an angel, right, Nathan? <laughs> touched by an angel. Of course, no, no. Yeah, I mean, we get these crazy views of what angels are based on television and, and uh, right. books and culture. But when you read Revelation 4, you read about angels. There are so many varieties of angels. There's angels that look like men. There's angels that look like animals and creatures. There's angels that look like acts of nature, like lightning and thunder. There's yeah. little angels. 
There's giant angels so big that they can stand across an ocean. And then we've also given what's called these four living creatures, these seraphim, that stand before the Lord. Uh, if I can read 4 verse 6, yes. it talks about, uh, before the throne of God is a sea of glass, clear as like crystal. In the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures, full of eyes in the front and in the back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second like a creature like a calf, the third living creature had the face of a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures each had six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they did not rest day or night, singing, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Woo! <laughs> man. Yeah, exactly. What, what, what are these things? You know, Nathan, that, that's why exactly like when you said chapter 4 is a very interesting chapter in Revelation, but I think you hit it right on the head. These are living creatures that of different orders that God has created, much like we've seen in Ezekiel, right? Right, Nathan? Yeah, I mean, we are told about the four living creatures in Ezekiel that uh, guide the chariot of God. God's throne isn't just a stationary right. throne. It <laughs> actually has wheeled as a chariot that moves across the heavens. So God isn't stationary in his throne room, but it's like a chariot that moves. And these angels have something to do with the locomotion of it. They're very special angels. They're the only four that we know of that stand before the throne of God that each represent a different type of creature. And oddly enough, and this is the weirdest thing, they are covered in eyes. Mm. It is kind of creepy. It is. <laughs> maybe, maybe we won't be creeped out when we see them one day, but brother, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, we know one day we'll stand before the throne of God and we will see these creatures face to face. That is amazing. And, and Nathan, you made a very good point, and I think it's something to clarify for our viewers and our listeners that we need to be careful with Hollywood's uh, picture of angels. They, we had someone in our ministry ask me, uh, Vic, do all angels have wings? I mean, do, and, and again, Nathan, you're right. <laughs> you know, that's Hollywood's picture of angels. Every time you see an angel, they, they have wings, they're very beautiful or whatever the case might be, but that's not what the Bible says, right? Right, all right, we know these four living creatures have uh, wings, they have six wings, actually. Right. But we compare of other angels that have two wings, others that have none whatsoever. It does appear, too, that angels also have the ability, at least some of them, to change their shape. For instance, uh, when uh, the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ appeared before Abraham in the Old Testament, he was called the Angel of the Lord. That was yeah. Jesus' name uh, or given title before he was uh, incarnated and was born a man. And he traveled with two angels. And they looked like just your average Joe. Yes. And there's other times, take for instance when uh, uh, Moses, uh, excuse me, Joshua was standing before an angel, the commander of God's army. He was so brilliant and amazing to look at that he immediately fell down and wanted to start worshiping this angel. You know, he didn't look like a regular man. He was just he looked like a god, lowercase g, so to speak. Right. And so, can those angels come in the form of men? That's a tough question, and many have wondered that, but uh, it does seem they have the ability to cloak themselves in human form. Absolutely. Nathan, and that's why, you know, all throughout the Bible, we also notice that uh, there's not really mention of them having wings. When they appear uh, at the resurrection, uh, it says uh, one, one of the Gospels calls them almost like young men. In other words, there was something brilliant about them. There was something awesome. And you knew, of course, that they were angelic beings, but not necessarily uh, having wings or halos, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, uh, and, and, you know, they weren't little fat naked babies with bows and arrows. Yeah. I don't know, what was that, a medieval picture where that came from? Little cherubs with little fat babies that float around in heaven? <laughs> I didn't find that anywhere in the Bible, did you? No, not at all, Nathan. As a matter of fact, <laughs> what I find is mighty angels to the extent that every time they appear, people fall on their faces. Yes, yes. You know, and it's interesting, too, and this is why we shouldn't mess with the spirit realm, especially the dark, evil side of the spirit realms, because these are not creatures to be trifled with. They are, mm -hmm. they are superpowers, angels given powers beyond our abilities in another dimension. But interestingly enough, how that for the salvation, uh, only mankind, Jesus died for mankind, not for the angel kind, so there's no redemption for the fallen angels, and God calls humanity, his children, his heirs, not the angels. Yes. So the angels are a definitely different class, and mankind does not become angels. Angels are separate, 
the Bible says we will excuse me, judge angels, and so that means we will not become angels. Nathan, that is a very good point, and that's why people need to recognize that, you know, when we get, when we have our glorified bodies, we will be also more powerful than angels, and that's what we look forward to. They're there to serve us, right, Nathan? And it's sad that certain religions have chosen to worship angels, and that's not biblical either. No, I mean, just like the example of Joshua for the angel of the army of God, or, or John later in the book of yes. Revelation. As soon as they saw an angel that was so amazing, their first impulse was to fall at their knees and worship it. And each time, he was like, no, 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 don't do that. I'm a, I'm a fellow servant with you. I serve the Lord. Worship Him. And we got to remember to do that. And you're right. There are some religions out there and different forms of Christianity even that have pressed over angels and angel worship. And that is not what we're called to do. And the angels themselves, they don't do it. That's right. You know, it reminds me what it says in Hebrews 1, 6. But when he again brings the firstborn into the uh, world, he says, let all the angels of God uh, worship him. And right, Nathan, and we see that really Jesus Christ is the ultimate one that we need to worship. Exactly. The angels exist to worship and serve the Lord. They don't exist to be worshipped. And that's where Satan and the fallen angels, uh, and we can probably get that more when we get closer to what's going on with Satan in this picture, right. is that they want to worship. They're like, Hey, wait a minute, we deserve worship. We're mightier than these humans. We want to be not just heirs, but we want to usurp God and take his throne. And uh, that's, uh, we get a lot of, in the book of Revelation, an understanding of who Satan is. That's right. Nathan, what a great point. And I know we only have about three minutes left of this program, but as we are talking about this very important subject matter, God's mighty angels, declaration of pending judgments in the book of Revelation. And again, you're tuned in to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan uh, Jones. And you know, Nathan, that is a very good uh, uh, point that you're making. And we pray that anyone watching or listening would have a better understanding of the function of these angelic beings. So you're telling us, Nathan, of course, they are of different order. Uh, in Genesis, we notice that they place cherubims, right? When uh, Adam and Eve uh, sinned so that they would not be able to come back in. Yeah, when Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, an angel with a sword was put before the Garden of Eden, giant flaming sword so that mankind could not go back in the garden. Now, I don't know about you, but if it was a fat little baby with a tiny little arrow with a heart on it, not too scary about getting back in the Garden of Eden. But no, this was a giant angel with, a, with the first weapon that you read about in all of human history. It's named an actual weapon from heaven. And it guards the entrance of the Garden of Eden so that Adam and Eve and their descendants could not go back and get into it. And so, yeah, cherubim aren't, aren't your cute, cuddly little babies. They are mighty warriors. Nathan, that's a very good point. Uh, a, <laughs> little, a little chubby uh, angel would not be very scary, right? <laughs> no, no, no. And, you know, they don't, they're too tiny to hold swords unless they have tiny little daggers or something. I don't know, brother, but uh, yeah, I think uh, Hollywood and, and just Human stories in general have really done angels a disservice. Yeah, well, we're very encouraged that the angels are, are on our side, and we'll talk more about that on our second segment of the program as we're coming to the end of our first segment of the program. And we also want to thank everyone that is watching and listening. We pray that you can stay tuned to the second part uh, of our uh, conversation here about these mighty angels as Big Batista and Nathan Jones make our way through the book of Revelation. Look at these incredible beings. And, and of course, Nathan, before we close, we only have about 30 seconds left of the program, but we always want to leave a word of encouragement and also an invitation to someone out there that doesn't know Christ. Would you be able to close us in a word of prayer and an invitation, Nathan, maybe for somebody watching or listening that doesn't know the Lord? Well, if you study the Bible, that you learn that Jesus Christ died so that humanity can be restored to him. Have that relationship again, like the Garden of Eden, where they walk and talk to Jesus Christ. And I pray that you will accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Pray in your heart, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. And Jesus promises to do this, that forgive you of your sins, get rid of that guilt, and give you a whole new life with Him. Amen. Thank you, Nathan. And I want to thank you for tuning in to our program. And we pray that you can stay tuned for the second yes. segment of our program. Yes. Nathan, it's yes. always a pleasure yes. to have you on the program. Thank you for being part of the first segment. Thank you for having me on. And we will be right back.
everyone, and welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. I am Nick Batista, along with Web Minister Nathan Jones of Land and Line Ministry, and we're transmitting live from Truth FM 102.3 in Hollandale, Florida, as well as TWave.tv and TweetCasting.tv. So we ask that you keep us in prayer. Our lines will be open. The local number is 305-992-9537. 305-992-9537 or 321-N-TIME. We'd love to hear from you. Call us in with texting, with your questions, or your comments. And you can actually go live there on TweetCasting.tv with your questions or your comments. And of course, today's subject matter for the second segment of our program will be that of God's mighty angels' declaration of pending judgment in the book of Revelation. Before we continue the second segment of our program, I ask my good friend Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word with Pastor Vic. Thank you for the blessing of this. Outreach and pray everybody listening, Lord, we just be great and blessed as they get to understand you and your word better and your promises. And we praise you for it in your precious and wonderful name. Name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Again, you're tuning to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones as we talk about God's mighty angels' declaration of pending judgments in the book of Revelation. So, this program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information at CalvaryAventura.com on Facebook on JN832. Also, want to encourage those of you to find yourselves in the Aventura Hollandale area Wednesdays at 7.30 to drop in and be part of the Truth Will Set Free as they make their way through the book of Revelation. And of course, we're located at 517 West Pembroke Road, Hollandale, Florida, 33009. We'd love to see you and be part of those Wonderful studies. I also want to encourage you to pray for our station and our programs here and for all those that are part of the program. So we thank you for tuning in and for listening in. And of course, before we continue the second segment of this program, I want to welcome my special guest, Nathan Jones, Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministry. Nathan, it's great to have you in the second edition of our program. Hey, I'm enjoying this study. Thank you uh, for choosing angels in the book of Revelation, brother. I'm, I am just blessed by uh, studying more of it and uh, getting to share that information with you and the audience. Oh, thank you, Nathan. And of course, it's been a joy. We have so much fun on the first segment of our program. And every time we do the programs with you, Nathan, they just go too fast. So we are doing part two. Uh, okay, I'm ready. We're ready. And of course, Nathan, just briefly, maybe you can share your contact information for someone tuning in for the first time to the segment of our program and also so they can get a hold of your wonderful resources. Well, I'm Nathan Jones again, Associate Evangelist and Web Minister with Lamb and Lion Ministries. Folks can check out our ministry. On our website, lamblion.com. Uh, if you can watch this, you can see it right behind Vic there. And at lamblion.com, we offer our television show, Christ and Prophecy, articles, blogs, podcasts, social networks, you name it. We want to get you to understand and study God's prophetic word because it will really change your life and make you have a holy life, a life driven for evangelism, and you'll grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes. Amen. Thank you so much, Nathan. So again, check out lamblion.com, all the wonderful ministry. I want to also consider, again, uh, supporting their ministry. Nathan, I know, that, again, the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm sending that uh, invitation is because God is opening some special doors for you. It seems like you might be expanding the program on TV. Yeah, Christ Prophecy is on 17 different networks, both uh, on television networks as well as streaming networks. But uh, now TVN, excuse <clears throat> me, is now, which is probably the biggest Christian television right. station in the world, is uh, all asked to have Christ and Prophecy back on their station. So if we are looking forward to that, it's a step out in faith because it's yeah. very expensive each week to put Christ and Prophecy on there, but we believe that the, that the Lord's leading and He will provide, and we will be able to get the message of Jesus in return out to so many more people through this message. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you, Nathan. And that's why we encourage our listeners and those of you that are, are listening and watching them, pray, consider supporting uh, this incredible ministry because we are in such dire need of sound, prophetic, biblical teachings in these last days. And this is a ministry that definitely does that. So, Nathan, thank you for sharing that wonderful information and giving us the opportunity to pray and uh, partner uh, uh, with you guys. So, Nathan, we're having a great time. And on our first segment, again, we're talking about God's mighty angels, declaration of pending judgments uh, in the book of Revelation. Now, uh, we were having a lot of fun because we were talking about what angels really are like and what they're not like. And, 
you also gave us a quick overview of Revelation uh, there. We were looking at Revelation chapter 4. But Nathan, maybe for someone who just tuned in, can you read for us a little bit there, Revelation 4, as you talk to us about these creatures? And then we can continue talking a little more about, more about God's mighty angels. Well, certainly. When we were covering the angels in Revelation, there are actually 72 references to angels in the book of Revelation according to the New King James. And there are so many different varieties of angels. The Apostle John was brought in the spirit of the Lord up to heaven to see what heaven was like and to get the God's uh, final message about the end of the world and the beginning of a new one. And uh, during that time, God used his messengers, his angels, to share all these messages and also uses them to uh, pour out his wrath and judgments upon the world, which we'll get to later. And so, but particularly, and if you want to cover the ones in Revelation 4, uh, it shows quite a number of different types of angels before the throne of God. Angels that look like men, angels that look like giants, angels that look like acts of nature, and there's even angels which are called living creatures right. that uh, stand before the throne of God. They say, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, and uh, they have a... Uh, Interestingly, they are covered all in eyes, maybe representing the, the omnipresence of God, how we can see all that's going on in the universe. The first is like a lion, the second like a cat, the third has the face of a man, and the fourth was an eagle. So we're given quite a variety of descriptions of angels in Revelation 4. So they're not all just white dudes with white curly, uh, blonde curly <laughs> hair. They're, they they uh, have quite a number of wings or no wings, and... Uh, different sizes and shapes, and they're all meant to serve the Lord, to give his messages out, and to proclaim uh, the glory of the Lord. Nathan, you just shattered my picture of angels in Valentine's Day, man. <laughs> no, yeah, they're, they're not little fat babies with uh, little bows and arrows and little hearts on the, as, the, as the arrow part. No, uh, I don't know where we got that, but uh, maybe it was like Renaissance painters or something, but... Uh, no, the angels of the Bible were something not to be trifled with. As a matter of fact, when they would show up before a man, say, for instance, when Joshua saw the, the commander of the Lord's army, he immediately fell at the feet of the angel wanting to worship it. John, in the book of Revelation, after seeing all the glory of God, still falls in front of the feet of an angel and wants to worship it. And each time the angels are like, don't do that. I, I'm a fellow servant with you. Worship the Lord and the Lord only. And that's what the angels are meant to do. There. Even Satan, back before he fell, was an angel that protected the throne of God. Uh, his name was Lucifer, which meant light bearer. And uh, so they were meant to serve the Lord. But again, as we'll read into this, and I'm even getting ahead of myself, but not all the angels wanted to serve willingly. Well, Nathan, and that's a good point, because uh, we find that it's a dangerous thing when we try to worship angels because they're not perfect and that's why we caution certain religious groups right Nathan that they encourage the worship of angels but we need to be careful with that. Well I don't know what it is about human nature but we always want a mediator between us and God. We don't want to speak to God directly. Jesus died on the cross to right. forgive us our sins and open that way so that we can talk directly to the Father through the Holy Spirit. We don't need a mediator anymore. We're speaking directly to God. And uh, but people want to put meat, they want to put Mary, and they want to put the apostles, they want to put right. angels, they want to put priests in the, between us and God. Maybe because we don't feel worthy, but that is totally unnecessary. And we're not to deify man, nor are we to deify angels. They are servants of the Lord, just like we are. But actually, we have a higher place in God's hierarchy, because we are heirs and co-heirs with Jesus Christ through his death, and we have the chance for redemption. Do not. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. Of course, that's what we want to encourage those of you that are watching, those of you that are listening. Maybe you are in a religion that encourages the worship uh, of angels, and we would encourage you to seek the Word of God, and that's why we're doing this program to hopefully help you understand or get a better understanding what an incredible role angels play in our daily life. Nathan, you also told us in Ephesians 6 that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but it's also a spiritual battle, right? In our realm. Right. Exactly. We have a human realm which we can see and feel and touch, but the Lord says, and especially like he says in Ephesians 6, that there is a spiritual realm behind the earthly realm. In other words, uh, we see politics go on, but there are also angelic yeah. politics going on as God's forces battle Satan's forces. Now, praise the Lord, we know that God's forces are two times bigger than Satan's forces. Only a third of the 
angels, which we'll read later in Revelation, followed Satan and fell, and then are in rebellion against God. So God's always stronger. Not only is his angelic forces stronger, but uh, Jesus Christ, God himself, the Trinity, is beyond power, That's beyond right. anything Satan can hope to attain for. And so, uh, brother, it should be very encouraging Ooh. to know that we're on the winning side. That's a that's a great. We're on the right team, Nathan. All those that are placed their trust in Jesus Christ are on the right team. And Nathan, I really appreciate that. And of course, as we look here at Revelation chapter four, you talk to us about these angelic beings of, of different orders that God has created. Just amazing. Some of them uh, here it talks about they have the likeness of men, the likeness of uh, animals, and and uh, yet these are just uh, God's angelic beings that that um, He has created. And all things are created uh, for the glory and the worship of God. There, Revelation 4:11. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. You created all things, and by your will they exist, uh, and they were uh, created. And, and then, Nathan, as we look at Revelation chapter 5 here, it looks like there's a scene regarding a, a scroll. Can you talk to us a little bit about that as we continue? Well, John is about to see this heavenly throne room, and he's given a vision. Um, I guess you call it, it's hard to say if it was a, a vision or if he was physically there. I believe he was physically there. Right. But uh, he is there to see a scroll. And the scroll is brought out. It's got seven seals on it. You know, those old-fashioned seals where you put the wax on it, and then you'd use the signet ring and press it in the hot wax, and the wax would cool, and you couldn't open it. Right. So to open this particular seal, you'd have to crack seven seals open. And all the angels, all the people, whoever's there, they're all like, okay, who can open this seal? And you find out that nobody can open the seal. Nobody is worthy. Nobody is perfect or sinless or powerful or has earned the right. And then we're shown this lamb, this little lamb that's uh, bloody. And like, what is that? Well, that is the symbol of Jesus Christ, where he first came to earth in the first coming. He died as a suffering lamb who died for our sins, and he earned the right. So what we find out about the scroll is that this scroll is the title deed of the earth. And the only one who's worthy to own the title deed of the earth is Jesus Christ himself. Mm, I love it. Nathan, I love the way that you put that because this is also very important. I love your ministry, Dr. Reagan, is land lion ministry. And uh, when I look here at Revelation 5, it, that's what comes to my mind. Such a wonderful picture uh, that you guys chose for your logo. Yeah, well, Jesus Christ came first as a suffering lamb. But he's going to come back as a conquering lion. Wait, I can't wait till we get down to Revelation 19 where we get to see that. And so Jesus came as the suffering lion. He earned the right. He is the pure Son of God. He's perfect. He sacrificed himself to redeem the earth back into his control. And now we're just waiting for him to come and take that throne. Amen. And we believe that is going to happen soon and, and very soon. So, Nathan, again, we see this develop. Now we get to Revelation chapter 6 as we look at these angelic. Uh, Beings, these beasts, and now we see again their role being played out as uh, Revelation six uh, opens up. Would you be able to read for us a few of those verses, Nathan, there, and then open up for us that chapter? Well, it's time to open the seals. Now, with each of the opening of the seals is the opening of the judgment of God upon the earth. It's time for God to deal with the sin of the earth. You know, we wonder when is the Lord going to come and deal with all the evil in the world, the rapists, right. the muggers, the ISIS, murder and slaughter and everybody, corrupt officials, uh, you know, when is this, this run-down, terrible, corrupt system going to end? God promises it will end. He will first rapture or take up his church, as First Thessalonians 4 tells us, before the 21 judgments of God fall on the earth. As we read through Revelation, there's 21 judgments, each divided into seven. So, the seven was called seal judgment, seven trumpet judgment, and then seven bowl judgment. And here in Revelation 6, these judgments are ushered in by these living creatures, these four seraphim creatures, angels that are before the throne of God. As each seal is open, a judgment comes upon the earth. Mm. Amazing. And of course, Nathan, there uh, in Revelation 6, uh, beginning on verse 1, I was going to ask you, maybe you can read for us, Nathan, verses uh, 1 through 6, and maybe I'll do uh, 7 and a few others, but maybe somebody that's watching or listening that doesn't have a Bible uh, at hand. Certainly. Well, we know again that the angels aren't just messengers. They also do the will of the Lord. Yes. And so their angels are very involved in the pouring out of God's judgment upon the earth during 
this what's called a, a tribulation, so a seven-year time period, Daniel tells us, where God's judgment will come upon the earth. We can read in verse 1. This is the very first seal open. Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures, one of those angels, saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it had a bow. And a crown was given to him, and they went out conquering and to conquer. And when he opened the second seal, I heard the living second living creature saying, Come and see. And another horse, fiery red, went out. It was granted to one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another, and there was given to him a great sword. And when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hands. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. Why, verse 7, when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was Death, and Hades followed him, and power was given to them uh, over a fourth of the earth to kill uh, with the sword and hunger and with death and by the beast uh, uh, of the earth. Nathan, this is amazing. So here we find uh, these living creatures, their declaration, and there in chapter 6, verse 1, this living creature uh, utters a declaration of this coming forth, uh, again, uh, of, the seal, excuse me, of the seals being opened, and uh, also each one of them says, come and see. And I noticed at least four times there, they were saying to come and see these events that were unfolding, and one of those events was the, this white horse in Revelation 6-2. What exactly is going on here? What we're seeing is God releasing his wrath upon the world in a series of judgments. Uh, you kind of have to study up throughout the other books of the Bible to understand what's going on, especially in the book of Daniel. Right. And what we learn is that the first judgment upon the world, which we'll read more about in Revelation 13, is the Antichrist. He is a one-world leader who will come to the world and all the power of the nations of the world will be given to him to rule the world. And he comes uh, as a king, as a leader, and, but he goes out and conquers the world, but he has a bow without arrows. In other words, it's believed that he's going to use diplomacy, he's going to use pure charisma, and the world will give their power over to this world leader. The problem is he's not as peaceful as it appears, because the second judgment comes, is that he plunges the world into war. And we read now a fourth of the people in the world will be killed by war, followed by famine, which is the third seal, and then death, the fourth seal, through starvation, uh, wild animals, and, and hunger, and various other things that are the result of war. Mm. Nathan, and of course, each one of these declarations of the pending judgment comes about as they say, come and see. It's almost like a spectacular event, right? It's opening yeah. up, and they say, come and check this out, right? Yeah, Jesus is opening each seal. And for those who say that, well, the wrath of God is at the end of the tribulation, I don't know how they get past Revelation 6, because it's Maybe the land of God opening the seals themselves, pouring out the judgment, and the angels are announcing it. Come and see, just like we said. In other words, it is ready, or it is here, or you know, here it comes. And so God is doing this himself, Jesus Christ himself. So the wrath of God is the entire tribulation not just say the last seven bowl judgments. Mm, excellent. And of course, Nathan, so we have this false peace, and sometimes people mistaken that. They think that that's actually Jesus there, but that's not the case, right, Nathan? Well, that's generally believed that when the Antichrist comes, so, you know, he's known as the father of lies, because Satan has empowered him, and right. uh, he will come promising peace and safety at Daniel 9, 26 and 27, so he'll create a peace treaty with Israel, and the world will think it has peace but he'll use that time to start a war and conquer the world and bring all the power of the world to him. Mm. And even now, there's so many calls out amongst the leadership of the world for a new world order, right. for a new leadership, that the world needs a governing body to, to handle all the chaos that's going on. And the world is pushing for that, and Satan has his man ready in the wings, ready to go. It's just a matter of something happening, say, a a great disaster, oh, say the rapture of the church, or an economic collapse or something that will make the leaders of the world give their power over to this Antichrist. And those who rebel against them, as we read here, he will bring war against them, even slaughtering a fourth, sadly, a fourth of the world population, 
which is about you know about 1.75 to 2 billion people are made today's numbers. Wow. So Nathan, these declarations are coming forth. They come and see, and then we see judgment. We we see peace is taken out of the earth. We uh, as we talk to us here, we, we see this black horse with a, a pair of scales in his hands, and, and we see uh, it seems like famine here, a quarter week for for Daenerys, and, and we see some of those things lining up. That's why people are so afraid of these droughts, right, Nathan, and the issue in California. Exactly. Well, Daenerys was equal to a day's wages in that time. So what they're saying is you could buy a loaf of bread for an entire day's work, and that's another way of saying famine. In other words, protect the oil and the wine, protect the food because there's not much of it. So when war comes, there's always scarcity because yes. the money goes to, to the war. But when you got that much death and the disease and destruction that follows, the uh, bylines are destroyed and uh, the farms are destroyed and, and starvation comes upon the world. The Antichrist might come peacefully, but he consolidates his kingdom by war. And in the end, he told us, and it's, I mean, you think how bad that World War One and Two were. Wow. Sounds like picnics compared to what World War, if you want to call it three, or the, the Tribulation War uh, will be. Mm. What an amazing point you're making, Nathan. And of course, we, we see that the world is lining up for these things. So we, we have these uh, uh, living creatures, uh, again, calling out these judgments that are coming, come and see, and then we get there. And, and we notice it talks about, also in verse 8, uh, the pale horse and, and, and death. Uh, and, of course, that is because of all the things that have taken place prior to that, right, Nathan? Right. Uh, this is what is uh, commonly known as the four horsemen of the apocalypse. You know, that the Marvel did not invent the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Oh, they did. <laughs> no, they did not. Despite what the next X-Men movie is going to be. And the four horsemen of the apocalypse are seen from Revelation. They are four, now they're symbols. They're not actually this guy who's riding a... Uh, you know, death not holding some scales and riding a horse. The, these are representations of what is going to happen. They get the Antichrist will ride on a white horse. White horse always symbolized our royalty. Right. Our war was always symbolized by red as in blood. Um, you've got death, which is always uh, symbolized by. Well, it's interesting here. You've got this pale horse. It's actually uh, the word that would describe like pale green, like sickly. Right. For, for the third horse, and then for the four horse, uh, death. I'm sorry, black horse for the, the plague, and then the pale horse is, is death. So, like they're dead. If you're dead, you have no color on you. Exactly. And that. And so each of these horses, now whether they, they are actually angelic creatures or not, probably not. They're probably symbols. Right. But they each represent something that will happen on the earth, and they represent judgment. Mm. So we see again, Nathan, these angelic beings of uh, different orders. They're proclaiming these different judgments that are coming. Some of these angels, of course, they're mighty angels. They hold different positions, like you mentioned to us. And, and But the good thing is we notice uh, uh, angels are primarily on our side. And the Bible says how God has assigned angels uh, to protect those uh, his children. Right, Nathan? Exactly. Uh, God does have his angels. I mean, it's great when God uses his own hand of protection with us. The Holy Spirit protects us. Yes. Inwardly, so that we can be discerning, and we have what you call the counselor, we can make right choices. But in the spirit realm, the war that's going on around us that we can't see, that there are uh, angels that are protecting us. You know, it's funny, I, I don't know how visually they're seen. It's not, obviously, they were seen by people throughout the Bible. I know my own father was in a terrible car wreck a few years back. And he fell out of his car and dragged himself into a ditch and passed out. Wow. And he, all of a sudden, this motorcycle wheel came up right next to his head. He thought, wait, great, I'm going to get run over by a motorcycle. And this guy came down, and he tended to him and took care of him. And then when he was put into an ambulance, he, he asked the ambulance driver, he said, well, what happened to the guy on the motorcycle? And they're like, that would help me. And they're like, what guy? We never saw a guy here when we got here. Wow. And so Dad didn't know if it was a motorcycle. So he took off real fast, or if it was God's angel protect. My father loves motorcycles, so for him... Of course an angel be riding a motorcycle. <laughs> and it wasn't Hell's Angels. That's the best part. <laughs> no, it was Heaven's Angels, brother. He, my father, now whether it's true or not, my father really believes that this was an angel. And it's funny how many stories you find people being rescued by angels and that just they're not there and nobody's seen and uh, they come in human form. And so God's working in the background. He's, he's protecting his people just like Revelation chapter 2 and 3 is protecting each church with a protecting angel, 
Uh, we have protecting angels. Our children have guardian angels that protect them. And we praise the Lord for it. Wow, Nathan, what a wonderful story. I did not know that. I'm so glad that God sent his heavenly angels. And you know, that's why I love what Hebrews 13.1 says. Let brotherly love continue. And Hebrews 13.2, do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, having unwittingly entertained angels. And, and you know, your dad right there, right? God sent his angels. Exactly. There was a time where I was I just had a real rough time in my life. I was so down. And the storm came, and I was working on a computer, and I lost my whole paper because the power went out. Oh. I thought, man, what more could happen? And all of a sudden, this guy walked into this lab, he sat down next to me, and he just said, life is difficult, life is hard, but you need to trust the Lord, and, and things will be all right. And then he left. So I'm like, creepy. <laughs> you know, but you know, how did he know? And, you know it was the Lord. He, he had to actually physically tell me that. Wow, <laughs> that is so cool. And you know, but Nathan, isn't that the truth? For somebody who's watching and someone who's listening, oftentimes we want this miraculous thing to happen, but God sends his angels, oftentimes like people, just to encourage us. Yeah, most times we don't even know that they're angels. Man, excellent story. Well, Nathan, I really appreciate that. And you know, Nathan, I'm I, I, sad to say, but we've come to the end of the second segment of our program, and uh, we were just getting warmed up again, right? Oh, where's the time go? It goes so fast. But hopefully, Nathan, we'll continue to cover this in our next segment of our program. We want to thank you that are watching us there live. And those of you that have been listening live, remember our lines were named open, 305-992-9537. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we've been talking about God's mighty angels declaration of pending judgments in the book of Revelation here on the Truth Will Save Your Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Nathan, it's a joy to have you on the program. And I think we're just going to have to do another program regarding this, right? Whatever you want, brother, I'll be ready. Thank you so much, Nathan. It's great to have you on the program. And we want to thank all of you for tuning in to our program. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, we'll come to the end of our program. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. If you don't know Jesus Christ, give us a call. We'd love to pray with you and tell you more about it. Have a great week and may the Lord be with you. I wanna be alive.